You're listening to The Business Marketing Show, episode number 58. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Welcome to The Business Marketing Show. My name is Brendan. I'm here with my co-host, Ed. Hi, Brendan. How are you? I'm well. I'm very well. What is it that we're going to be drilling down into today? Uh, well, as we just talked about before we hit the record button, um, financial tools, accounting stuff. Um, uh, I guess we both get asked, I don't know if you, but I, we have talked about in the past, I think we both get asked about financial tools and accounting systems and probably one of the big ones is taking credit cards online and through websites and stuff so probably mm, a good idea all the time. record an episode and have a chat about it and kind of share because I feel like I do say the same thing a lot and I have a couple yep. of blog articles on my website that I point people to but it would be good to have you know 20 minutes where we talk about exactly the systems we use in a bit more detail I think what do you think absolutely and it is a subject that People sometimes avoid because it's to do with finances and not everyone likes dealing with this subject. So it is critical that we get across what we're using and what we recommend. Yeah. And I can talk about some of the mistakes I've made and I'm sure you've had similar experiences mm. and uh, some examples of what our clients are doing yeah. and go from there. Yeah, I think uh, you're absolutely right when you say people hate doing accounts and bookkeeping um, and they avoid it. But I now love it. I love. I have an hour each week where I maybe sometimes an hour and a half, depending on the time of the month, that I just dedicate to looking at. I don't do my bookkeeping, but review the financial stuff, look at the bills, look at all the look at the numbers. Basically, it's time dedicated to that. Um, and I love doing it. It's probably one of the most important tasks in our business because the other thing is, you know, looking at the the reports and making sure everything's up to scratch and we're actually making yeah. money and profitable and the yep. bills are being paid and all that sort of stuff. So, I think at the, right from the start, I just want to say when it's working and you have it set up and systemized, doing accounts shouldn't be painful. It shouldn't be difficult. Um, you shouldn't hate it. It should be a joyous experience. I, I call it my hour of counting the money each week. You know, I'm like the the mama-san sitting there in the back of the store counting the dollars. So that's that's how <laughs> I think of it. Fair enough. I don't know whether I'm quite there yet, but it is good to have a system where you can just point and click and at, at a glance see where you're at, what your profit and loss is, uh, and where things need adjusting and where things are going well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so first off the bat, most of our clients have some type of website. Usually, yeah, they have some sort of e-commerce as well, or they're taking payments. So there needs to be some sort of payment system. So what do we recommend that people look at in terms of getting a payment gateway and an uh, e-commerce or shopping cart set up? Um, well, I'll tell you what how I work in our business. So I have a couple of different businesses or work with, you know, I, I'm involved in a few different businesses, but I'll talk about the search engine shop first. So there's really two main ways I take payments. So one is bank transfer and then the other one is credit card. So uh, for credit card, we use um, eWay in Australia. So 
there's actually two parts to taking credit cards online. So all our just want to point out that all our invoicing is digital. We don't do any paper invoicing, anything like that. So um, invoices go out via email, and then there's two options on the bottom. One, they can click, they get a PDF, um, and they can click the link inside the PDF where they can pay the invoice online. So this isn't even, I'm not even talking about online checkout or online shopping. This is a, a more traditional sort of invoicing system where, um, you know, we have clients on retainer and we do one-off projects. They mm-hmm. get an invoice at some point in time. PDF invoice goes out. They can pay by bank transfer. They can click the link inside their invoice itself and it takes them to a payment page that is integrated with Zero. It's a secure page and they can pay by credit card online there. So that is yep. um, processed by eWay. Um, how difficult was that to set up? Because a lot of people have said to me in terms of getting their bank uh, system set up for taking payments and eWay sometimes is a bit of a challenge. How did you find that setting I, it up? I actually had a client a couple of weeks ago who said the same thing with me to me. Um, so let's just first up, there are two parts of taking payments online. One is the merchant facility with your bank. And then mm. there is the payment gateway. So eWay is a payment gateway. So there's really two parts. There's one is getting the bit set up with your bank and then the bit set up with eWay. Um, and every time, well, nine times out of 10, when we're doing online stuff with clients, I just say, just call eWay and get them to sort it. eWay will talk to your bank and f- sort out whatever. I don't know what happens in bank world, but if you get eWay to do it because they are motivated yeah. to get it sorted so it's better to talk to them first and then they'll deal with the bank and the bank will give you the paperwork you need to sign um, versus the other way around talking to your bank first your bank excellent will, tip yeah your excellent bank will tip. also have an online gateway and the majority of the banks won't be compatible with a lot of cloud tools so eway is compatible eway in australia so eway.com.au is compatible with 99% of stuff so it's probably the most popular gateway in australia um, apart from paper, mm, and been around for a long time, at least fifteen years, from my knowledge. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'd say use eWay. Very easy to set up for me. There is because you're taking credit cards. There is some um, stuff to do on the bank end because they obviously want to avoid fraudulent transactions and any dodginess. So they do look at your as the the business owner, or director, or whatever. They look at your. I think they look at your personal credit rating they potentially will want to see some money in bank accounts. If you have business bank accounts with them and they're all don't have any balance, then they might be, you know, scratching their heads a bit. So there is This is this is eWay you're talking about no, or your no, bank? This is this is on the bank end. So I okay. Yeah. So there will be some sort of checking in place to make sure that your you or your business are, you know, financially responsible and the bank isn't help help left holding the bag if there's some sort of problem on the credit mm-hmm. card front. So just yep. something to be aware of. What do you use in terms of? Are you similar or are you a bit different? Or in terms of what we use, we're using PayPal and Stripe. Mm-hmm. We're not. We don't actually. We, we've actually got a credit card facility, but it's not an online credit card facility. We've just never had the need because we don't. Yeah, just we've been pay, PayPal has sufficed for that. Yeah, yeah. We used to use PayPal, um, and I think once you get. So I say this to clients too. Once you get over twenty grand a year of doing PayPal, it becomes more cost effective because a merchant facility like the eWay setup with a bank does cost money. Um, mm. But once you're over twenty grand, it is more cost effective to go with Stripe or go with eWay um, as well. So, mm. okay. do you want to explain what Stripe is? Because that's a that's another option too. 
So, yeah, Stripe is another payment gateway similar to PayPal. It's very quick to, to set up and it allows you to take payments through their system. They accept the credit card so you don't actually have to have a merchant account and then it's attached to whatever bank account you want to transfer the money in. The only downside is they hold the funds for seven days until they clear, uh, unless that's changed recently, but that's my understanding. Uh, so, and there's a fee, there's a, I've forgotten the fees, but it's on the, the Stripe website. Yep. So it's sort of somewhere in between PayPal and a proper merchant account. That's how I look at it. Yeah. It's like a normal merchant account, but with the ease of the kind of the PayPal setup where yeah. there isn't a huge amount of bank stuff involved. So it's great if you're not doing a large volume of credit cards, um, or you're just a new business setting up online. So we do, so in the search engine shop, we take PayPal as well. I prefer not to, and most of our clients won't use it anyway. They just have a normal credit card. Um, mm-hmm. For another online business I'm involved with, we have PayPal and eWay. Um, and I would always say, unless there is a really specific reason not to, if you're an e-commerce business, you should be taking PayPal. Um, and you should also have another, you should have two gateways. You should absolutely have PayPal and you should have something else that processes normal credit cards. So PayPal and Stripe is a good combo if you're an e-commerce business um, for a couple of reasons. One is some people prefer to pay by PayPal and typically for all the e-commerce businesses I've ever worked with, the split between who chooses to check out with PayPal and who chooses to check out with credit card through the other gateway is usually 60-40 or 70-30 in favor of the credit card. So what that means is right. you're still getting 30 or 40% of people who want to use PayPal over a credit card. Um, and there's a number of reasons for that. People might have money sitting in PayPal. For me, when I'm shopping online, I don't know about you, but if I'm buying online, especially from overseas, and even more if I don't know I'm the first time dealing with them or they, they don't look 100% legit or there might be some reason I might not trust them, I use PayPal because it offers an extra layer of protection for me as a buyer. So that's why... Um, I yes. use PayPal, and sometimes if you're buying from overseas, then the fee structure might you might actually pay a little bit less. So, you, if you have a credit card, we're paying transaction fees for internet international transactions. It might be cheaper to go with PayPal as a buyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be horses for courses. You've got to examine what your needs are, and if you're growing to the point where you're doing, say, as Brendan said, more than twenty thousand. In, in sales a month, it's probably worthwhile going through the merchant account and eway scenario rather than that's, PayPal. That's twenty thousand a year. So if you have oh twenty thousand a year, okay. Yeah, that's kind of the the level. Like when we started out, we just had PayPal for credit card payments, and then we started doing and you know more than twenty grand a year through the the PayPal. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, just running the numbers, it makes more sense to get a proper merchant facility. There was no Stripe back then. That was years ago. So Stripe is relatively new in the Australian market. Yeah. Okay. So that's sort of the the, the accepting payment merchant side of your website and uh, finance. Also talk quickly. There is um, one thing that annoys the hell out of me is when I go somewhere, if I'm going to a cafe or a shop or somewhere, and you, somewhere you'd expect them to take credit card and they take cash only. And I find that mm. to be a huge inconvenience. Yeah. Um, we should probably point out that PayPal and some of the other payment providers, I'm not sure about Stripe, but there are a lot of payment providers who do offer in-person payments that can hook up to your smartphone where you don't need a big FPOS system yep. or you know, a bank merchant facility. So, 
Um, Square is one of them. I think Square is in Australia now. PayPal have something called PayPal Here where it's an extra device that integrates with your phone. Um, They've had a few different variations of it. I think the one now is they have a swiper that's Bluetooth to your phone and that allows you to take credit cards in person. So if you are a physical, if you're a business that operates in the physical world, like a trades business, for example, there's still no excuse not to take credit cards. You could have something like PayPal here that hooks up to your phone and that allows you to take credit cards in person. Um, mm. We used to charge 3% credit card surcharge on top of whatever. Um, people, you know, because it costs money to, you know, you get charged by the bank or PayPal, whoever, for the, the credit card payment. So we used to charge yeah. 3% on top and we got rid of that and I found people pay bills faster and I have less problems like chasing up accounts and that sort of stuff. So while we take a small little hit by not charging the fee, the you know we get money in the door quicker. So that makes it absolutely yeah. worth it. So I think now you know you factor that in though, can't you? You can yeah. if you're looking at your pricing rather than that being an extra cost for you, factor it into your pricing for the client. But it's one less thing that you're exposing them to as an additional cost. So psychologically, they're feeling better because they're not getting stung with the three percent or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's just build it into your like pricing. People expect it is yeah. with credit card today. You know, it's it, yeah, it's not nice to get ubiquitous extra, <laughs> and it's hassle to charge the extra percent charge or whatever it is to the customers. So just build it into your cost base and offer it. Like that's what customers want. Give it to them. That's what I was like. My, my thing here was it must have been three years ago, and I'm like, well, people want to pay by credit card. They want to get their credit card points or whatever it is. So, yeah. you know, give the customer what they want, and they'll be happy. So, I'm like, okay, well, let's do away with this charge. We'll factor it in. That we'll, I justified it. We looked at the amount of time we were spending chasing up accounts, and we were like, well, you know, if we save a few hours a week, then this is actually yeah. going to be worth it. For whatever that you know percent charge is, it's like, let's suck it up. We'll spend the money on the bank staff instead of having to spend it on people and time, and you know we have a net win at the end of the day. Too true. Yes, yeah, so that's a good idea. Look into that if, if you're a mobile business. That sort of um, functionality and ease of taking payments on the go is awesome from PayPal or other services. So and it can give you an edge if your market is known for being a cash-only business and you know you take credit cards, then it can be a way to get a leg up on competitors and look a little bit. Yeah. And it makes you look really good because the customer gets a, the receipt um, sent to them straight away via email, and it's yeah, it's all easily trackable yep. for you and for them. So cool, sweet. Uh, so now that you've taken the money, you've got the money. You need to manage where the money's going and what it's doing, and I you were so talk about spending money. Well, we can. Uh, that's a good subject. Is that what your that's that's your wife's job, isn't it? She oh, you make the e- equally guilty. So um, <laughs> I'm trying to be be safe there because if Lois <laughs> listens to it, I'm in deep ditties if I sort of agree with you on that. So I'm just as bad. So uh, being the chicken that I am, I'm avoiding that one now. So I think having a proper bookkeeping system to deal with your Income as a business is really a no-brainer. You've got to have something. Um, Some of my clients are still in the dark ages and actually have a physical ledger where they write things down in, which I'm shocked about. But, you know, then there's all sorts of different different levels. And even I was at a level not that long ago where I didn't have uh, like a cloud-based 
um, accounting system or bookkeeping system to do my invoicing and my uh, account tracking all in the one system. I was doing something separately on one computer and had my ob on another computer and it was a bit of a mess. But then this guy, Brendan, that I know, <laughs> kept hassling me in me and said, you've got to use Zero. So let's let's talk about Zero and other systems. So so what is Zero, Brendan? Zero with an X. Yeah. Uh, so Zero is a cloud-based, cloud-based accounting system. And I think one of the guys who was involved with Myob was um, actually yes. one of the founders of it, I believe. Correct. Uh, I love Zero. So I've had it. We had... Uh, you got a T-shirt that says that, don't you? I've seen it. I love zero. Yeah. No. Oh, that's no. Nah. Just rolling up the dad <laughs> jokes, really. <laughs> um. So in the past, we had the IT company, we had Myob, and we had an online store as well. So Maya, most people are familiar with MYOB and QuickBooks. That probably the two big players in the small business accounting sector. So traditionally, yep. both of those are pieces of software you had on your computer and you had your data file. Um, and I think Maya might have been a bit worse than QuickBooks, but you had your Maya data file and you had all, it basically grew to be a monster over time and you had years and years of financials in there and it got super slow. And in the end, we actually had a dedicated server to run our Maya because it would just run that slowly. So you'd log into this big fat server that had so much computing horsepower just to run Maya. Um, wow, that's bad. And yeah, you have all sorts of problems like certain things, only one person can be in my at a time and all this sort of nonsense and or you could only have three people logged in at once and because it was expensive too, you're paying like, I'm sure we were paying three or four grand a year for the Myob licenses and you could only have three people in at once and all this nonsense. Um, mm. So, zero basically solves all of the problems that Myob had. So, it's cloud-based, it's very fast, it doesn't have this issue where as the data grows, it slows down. More than one person mm. can be in it at once. So I love zero. So when I first started um, the search engine shop, we had like a basic a cloud accounting tool, like everybody starts small. Um, and then zero came out. So we moved to zero and it's awesome. So I can be in there. It is. The bookkeeper can be in there. There's no issues with upgrades and software because the tax law changes regularly. So my you had to roll out these patches and updates. You had all this IT okay. overhead. Um Cloud, I've been using it for at least five years, or around five years. Um, I just love it. It just takes out so much of the work that would be, you know, 10 years ago we had to do with Maya. But the other big thing is it can sync, integrate with, so it pulls in feeds from our bank account. So all the transactions mm. from the bank account are automatically in there. So, Reconcile everything. Yeah, like, it, you know, my bookkeeper does it. Um, but when I check the finances once a week, I'll just go in and apply any payments that because we look at it at different times. Um, so hmm. there might be a few payments that need to be applied, and it's very simple. Like it has on the left, it has the payments, the bank account transactions. On the right, it'll match that to an invoice of someone pays some money. It'll you know it'll find the best match for the invoice, and you hit the OK button and it applies the payment. Like it's cuts out the grunt work, has a lot of automation. We have a whole bunch of other tools plugged into it to make it even smarter. So yeah. yeah. I, Zero is fantastic. I think for there's another <clears throat> tool called Sasu S A A S U, which is another cloud-based accounting tool. And I think Sasu is better if you have a lot of inventory. So if you're an inv- inventory-based business, that might be better. But yeah, I'm love big fan of Zero. Yeah, and the the good thing is you can be anywhere in the world on your laptop or even probably on your smartphone. I haven't done one on my smartphone. They've got an app for it. I'm not sure if you can do invoices off that. 
But even if you just are on your on your laptop, you can go into Zero, create an invoice, and send it off. Uh, and you, you're not restricted to where your version of your um, accounting software or invoicing software resides, which is how I used to be. It was on one one laptop, so you could only do it through from that. Mm-hmm. So, and you can have customized invoices because my wife's business, Career Wisdom, uh, she has a different invoice to me for Online Impact, so she can go in and log in, and Lois will do her own invoices and send them through there, and I'll do mine. But it's all in the same company account. So it's really easy. Yeah, because prior to that, your bookkeeper had to come and work directly in person on those data files, right? Yeah, I mean, she still does. It's still easier for her to turn up, and because there's sometimes things she needs from me that I got to find and bits and pieces. So she still physically turns up to do it, and I'm sure at some stage you could could alleviate that because I know you do. Mm-hmm. But but. In how it used to be, there was all sorts of pieces we had to string together. Now it's just in one place. Yeah. So I haven't seen my bookkeeper in face-to-face in maybe two years, maybe? Maybe 18 months. She's she's still alive? Are you sure she's still around? Well, she sends me invoices and things happen in my accounting system every week, so I'd assume so. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she is. Let's hope so. Yeah, so we have a whole bunch of other things that are plugged into um, Zero as well. That uh, basically we've talked about this on briefly in another episode. So um, learning from my other mistakes in the past, or basically with the search engine shop, I built it from the ground up to not have the problems that the IT business had. So one of the other things I hated was that we'd have to deal with paper. Um, so we run a completely paperless office, um, and I do that using uh, Dropbox. Shoeboxed, so those are two different tools. So Dropboxed is the cloud-based account uh, f- file sharing system. Yeah. Um, so traditional business might have network drives. Dropbox is the cloud kind of version of that. Uh, we use Evernote. So Evernote is does a lot of different things, but it's like in a way it's a digital filing cabinet. And then we use Shoeboxed. So uh, I'll explain them all. So Shoeboxed basically you take your paperwork and receipts, put them in an envelope and post them in the shoebox. Or you can actually scan them with your phone, like take a photo of your phone and email it there. So mm. shoeboxed will, they will scan the physical paperwork and it will automatically get put inside Evernote and it gets put in Dropbox. So we have a Dropbox file for, say, an invoice and we have it in Evernote. Um, so it automatically gets pushed in. And the one thing that I love about Evernote is it has a very good search function in that it can scan a document and you can actually search for whatever's inside that document. So Yeah, that's cool. OCR, and, you know, if you know the product, basically the search. What does that mean, Brendan? O- I know what character it is. recognition. So although yep. the, the scan is a photo of the document effectively, Evernote can read the words inside that document. So um, yeah. all our paperwork is inside Evernote. So if I want to find something, I just load up Evernote, do a search, and I find it. Um, yep. We do keep the physical files and Dropbox as well, just in case we need them. Um, and Shoebox also do data entry. So they'll do basic data entry. We don't really use this feature so much anymore because we have so many international transactions. But if you're an Australian-only business, they have a whole bunch of automation and they have a team that basically there is additional data tagged against each scanned invoice inside Shoebox that has the dollar amount 
the supplier and they will do their best guess. Or you can set up automated rules to attach a particular supplier to a particular expense account in Zero, and then you can mm-hmm. just hit the export box and it will do all the data entry. And then inside Zero, you have all the expenses or whatever, and it will have an extra link inside there. We can click a button and it will open a scan of that receipt. So it's pretty cool. Very, very good. Did That's lose, awesome. Did I lose you in all that IT nerd talk? Not me. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't lose most other people, but people can always ask questions if they didn't understand something. So, yeah. so shoeboxed, Evernote, Dropbox. Those are the extra things we have plugged in to our zero to make our whole bookkeeping experience, I guess, virtual. So she's, you know, we, she works from her office and we don't need to see each other. We communicate via email, occasionally phone, and all the documents are managed through these cloud tools. It's a brave new world, Brennan. It is. It is, Ed. So do, do you want to talk about, uh, I don't know if you have anything to add there, but DIY bookkeeping versus having a bookkeeper? The thing is, if you really like dealing with your numbers and you don't have a complicated process of input of what, you've, what you're doing, like if you're only just not doing many invoices a month and you don't have uh, any stock to manage, then doing in your books yourself with something like Zero is a hell of a lot easier than it used to be. Mm-hmm. So you could save some, some time. But personally, I just like the fact that the bookkeeper is going over that because they pick up a lot of things that I wouldn't. So, you know, you've got to weigh that up. I mean, the, the cost of the bookkeeper, I'm not sure what you're spending, but we, you know, typically 600 to to $1,000 a month for mm-hmm. our bookkeeper. Yeah. And that's probably a pretty, for us, it's a, I would never DIY the books because, you know, a bookkeeper specializes in doing that. Um, and that's yeah. not, not, not my job in business. So my job in our business is, to, you know, to make sales and, you know, do the, some of the higher end troubleshooting and technical work. But, you know, that would be if you're looking to save time in business, I'd say outsourcing your bookkeeping, getting a bookkeeper is probably one of the first things you should do to, um, to save time. Also, from a compliance standpoint, like there's, you know, one of the fundamental things about running a business is being legally and compliant with tax and all the laws. Mm. I think unless you are um, going to spend a lot of time on it uh, or unless you have some sort of admin or um, finance background, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into making a, you know, a, in Australia, um, a GST or a BAS submission and all that each quarter. So I don't think, think as a, a business person, your time is more valuable. You could spend that time making money and have the bookkeeper, you know, do it for 50 bucks an hour or whatever, and you can make a hundred bucks an hour. So mm. I think maybe at the start you might have to DIY it, but once you have some momentum and some business success, I think that should be one of the first things you should have someone doing for you. I think you are crazy if you are doing your own bookkeeping. Yeah. Like that's agree. How much and one of the added, one of the added benefits is when your bookkeeper is doing it and they submit your bass, you get an extra month to pay it. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Mm. Well, I'm not sure whether you can organize that if you're doing it yourself as well, mm-hmm. but because our bookkeeper is submitting it through the tax department sort of automatically through their system, um, we always get an extra 30 days to pay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's good. Cool. Good to know. Um, what else you got here? The other tools that I use, um, 
uh, I use something called XO Cashflow that plugs into Xero, um, which is very good. It's an automated way to chase up outstanding accounts. So it gives me a simple console where I can see what's overdue and I can send reminders from there. So that's worth checking out as well. So what's that XO console? XO Cashflow. Oh, Cashflow. And is that a, where do you, is that a separate cloud-based system or is it something that attaches? The plugs into Xero. I think we pay 10 bucks a month. For it, and it probably okay. saves two hours of chasing people um, manually that we'd have to do otherwise. Oh, okay. Can you we'll put that second. in the show notes? Somebody wants to call me. Hang on, the phones are going. Okay. I missed it. They'll call back. <laughs> cool. So we're, what else have we got other than those? Uh, that's pretty much it for my accounting stack. One thing I think we talked about on another, maybe maybe we didn't. Um, if you're spending a lot of money overseas or you had a lot of cloud tools, so we, a lot of our uh, spend is in US dollars. Um, okay. So one thing that we, well, I went and did, I found a couple of credit cards that are, they don't charge you currency conversion fees and there's no fees for paying for things for overseas. And I ran the numbers on it and it probably saves us 10 grand a year in um, transaction costs and exchange rates and all sorts of stuff like that. So the two cards, it's worth checking out. If you're spending a lot of money, say in US dollars, um, you know, those fees can add up a lot. So the two yeah. cards that we have, one is called Citibank Plus. So this is for Australian businesses. Um, mm-hmm. One is called Citibank Plus. So that's just a normal bank account with a Visa debit card attached to it. Um, and the other one is uh, GE Money 28 Degrees MasterCard. And I think those are probably, I did a lot of research and I think those are the only two cards in Australia that don't charge you fees for international transactions. So definitely worth checking out and the other bonus is both of them give me a better exchange rate than my normal bank st george bank do so the exchange rate was three to five percent better most of the time and then i'm not getting charged the um the transaction fee either yeah so you say they can add up we've got a lot of u.s transaction fees as well so we'll have to look at that Mm -hmm. very cool yeah so there you go paid for all right that's given people plenty of work to do if they're not using any of those systems or they don't have their own, uh, you know, accounting software like Zero that's cloud-based. Then it's probably a good time to start looking into that. Mm-hmm. And I'd be very surprised if people don't like the move to that. We have no affiliation with Zero. Let's just say that to mm-hmm. be clear. Yeah. Just both happy users of it. So uh, check it out. All right. Thanks, Brendan. Thanks, mate. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. See you on the next episode. You've been listening to The Business Marketing Show. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher.